0: talk to you tonight about a characteristic that will make or break you. This particular thing I'm going to speak about is only mentioned once in the whole Bible, in the actual word in English now that I'm going to speak about. It is it is used by synonyms, and I'll, I'll deal with that. The text being 1 Corinthians chapter 15. What a chapter. What a chapter. And verse 51 to 58. Really, I only read 51 to 57 to give you a context for 58. The actual verse is verse 58. I preached on this verse a couple different ways. This is a brand new message on that area. Uh, the word perseverance only appears one other time. Uh, it, it only appears one time, actually, by the English perseverance, and that is found in Ephesians 6.18. I'll read that also as we go. So I want to talk to you about the power of perseverance. The power of perseverance. I believe on Chris Barrow's desk I had a block of wood carved for him. I believe it is there. It's if you don't quit you can't lose. If you don't quit you can't lose. Almost 100%. Almost 100%. Do not ever underestimate the power of, of perseverance. Let's read in verse 51. Of course, these are rapture verses. It <laughs> makes me excited. I'm ready. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, a twinkling of an eye. That's the word in Greek for the lowest, uh, smallest divisible time ability of something to be divided. At the atomic time, there. At the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. In other words, if you're alive when that happens, you'll be changed. If you're dead when that happens, you will also be changed and raised incorruptible. For this corruptible must put on incorruption. And this mortal must put on immortality. I preach a sermon on the beauty of death, because without you losing the body you're in, you cannot go to heaven. What you're wearing right now, which is considered as a garment or a house in the Bible, cannot go to heaven. It is dust to dust. It has to stay here on earth because it's corrupted. It's defiled. The GNA pools destroyed. And your body, your house that you're in has to stay here. And the beauty of death is that you get to leave this old house and get a new one. Ooh, doggies, the new one's going to be nice. Not even comparable. Whereas this was corruptible, that'll be incorruptible. Where this one's mortal, that'll be immortal. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death! Where is thy sting? O oh, grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. I read that to give you a context for what we're going to speak about in verse 58. Because if verse 58 starts with the word therefore, and you want to know why it's there. And what it's there for. (laughs) My beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Now in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, the Bible says praying always, it's a good outline there, Brother Chris, there's three alls here. Pray with all prayer, all perseverance to all saints. And that makes an outline. Throw a poem on that, you're done. Three points in a poem. But we're 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 praying always with all prayer and supplication of the spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance, supplication and supplication for all saints. The word perseverance there in English and only appears there one time. It is in synonym form, I believe, in verse 58 by the word steadfast, unmovable and always abounding perseverance which only occurs once surprised me when i first looked it up it means the secular meaning of perseverance is interesting a definition under secular definition it says doing something despite difficulty or delay in achieving success doing something despite difficulty or delay in achieving success Enough cannot be said about this character quality of perseverance, I don't think. Let me start out by saying a preamble before I get into verse 58 that God rejects the double minded, the wishy washy, the on again, off again. Uh, In James chapter 1, verse 6 through 8, it says, But let him ask in faith nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like the wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. And I, this is the verse in, in James one seven that just knocks my socks off. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. Hello? Let not, that means it wouldn't say that unless you could actually think that you were going to receive something from God by being wishy-washy or double-minded and not 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 settled on things. Let not that man think you should receive anything, the Lord. And then the, the topper is, a double-minded man is unstable in all these ways. No clear can that be stated, uh, how God feels about the lack of perseverance as in the book of James there. A person gets saved, and when when they get saved, they have to believe with all their heart. You have to have perseverance in your faith. I'll explain that. But no half-hearted, wishy-washy, come-go faith will save you. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10 says, and I quote this often, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in thine heart, that God, believe in thine heart. In other words, it's a heart matter. Not with your head, believe in your heart, that God's raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Because it says, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. The word heart has to do with the most inner being you have. In Acts chapter 8, verse 36 37, it says, As they went their way, they came into a certain water, and the eunuch said, and This is the eunuch here uh, with Philip. Most of you know the story. And the eunuch says, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? That's the eunuch's question to Philip. Philip says, If thou believest, he could have just said that, if thou believest, but he didn't. He said, if thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And we see from these places and so many others that no half-hearted maybe could be attitude towards the work of God and salvation will do. God is looking for your whole heart. I'll use the illustration over and over again about getting married. Um, you get married, and you stand before the, uh, we're going to have, there's going to be two weddings coming up here at the gospel, three total, but at least Alicia getting married in May. And when they stand up before the preacher there, do you take this man to be your lawful wedded husband? Eh. Uh, you know, maybe. I think so. You don't want to hear, I think so. Amen, brother. You don't want to hear. That's not when you want to hear, I think I may do it. You want to hear, with all my heart, uh, even to the place we even go and we, we, we um, make it clear when we say, forsaking all others, all others, you take this person to be your wife or your husband each way. That's big, brother. That makes my knees weak. But that's the kind of commitment you need with marriage and with God, a persevering commitment. Because perseverance indicates something that lasts, something that's real, real faith as opposed, if I may say in the political terms, fake faith. You know, that's the term today, fake news. Fake faith. Uh, Fake faith doesn't save anybody, only real faith, James argues this real faith is manifested by real change. In James chapter 2, going back to James because he's so good at this, verse 17 and 18 he says, Even so, if it hath not works, that's talking about faith, even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. And then this is the clincher. He said, Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Now, James does not propagate the idea that you work to get saved. Man, he just doesn't do that. But what he does say, if you get saved with real faith, all your heart faith, no iffy, maybe, but you throw everything on the table faith, he said you're going to have the works to back it up. The works will follow the faith. Makes sense. If you have a half-hearted faith, I think I want to go to heaven. So I pray a prayer. Uh, you're not going to make it. It's not going to be real faith, and you won't eventually have the works that produce that faith. So perseverance is 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 that that spirit of of I'm giving it my all. It's the spirit of. You're going to have to kill me to stop me. I put it this way. You're going to have to shoot me to stop me. Somebody said to me one time, "Uh, how solid are you on the King James? I said, I'm this solid. You will have to shoot me right between the eyes or in the cerebral cortex to stop me. That's where I'm going. I'm living and I'm dying with that book because I've studied it out enough from front to back and side to side. I ain't going anywhere else. And I think it just gives a sense of peace. I, 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 you know, people say, well, how long are you going to keep your wife? I, the devil's asked that question three, four times. And I look at him and say, you're going to have to, no matter how bad off she gets, you're going to have to shoot me. In between the eyes of the cerebral cortex, you're going to have to shoot me to stop me. I'm sticking with that old girl. I mean, if we gotta fight our way to the grave, we're fighting our way to the grave, but we're gonna stick together, amen. And that gives us a peace. And then we don't fight. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> I'm just hoping she has that same commitment. But anyway. <laughs> let's go back to verse 58 of 1 Corinthians 15. Therefore, my beloved brethren. Let me let me try to just define or do a little bit better at talking about the synonyms the Bible has for perseverance. It says we're to be steadfast and verse 58 says because Jesus is coming because of the mortality, mortality putting on immortality because of uh, corruption putting on incorruption. He said because of all that, because of the beauty of what God's given us in salvation let's have perseverance. Let's have steadfastness. Let's have the spirit of unmovableness. Let's have a spirit of always abounding in the work of the Lord. Those three things really overlap in meaning for the most part. Steadfast, unmovable, always abounding. Three synonyms of perseverance. The power of perseverance can never be overstated. The end of Paul's chapter, uh, in 15th chapter, where Paul's so unbelievable, never anywhere in the Bible is there anything like the 15th chapter of 1 Corinthians. Where he lays out the importance of the resurrection there. And he says, if you don't believe in the resurrection, you're 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 still in your sins. You have not been saved. I had a guy at Gospel Baptist one time I asked him a question, do you believe in the resurrection? He said, I don't. I said, then you are not. I can tell you unequivocally, you're not a Christian, you're not part of the kingdom of God, you're not born again, you're not saved. Every term I knew to tell him. He says, Well, what do you mean by that? I said, Because if you don't believe in the resurrection, According to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, that if Jesus is not raised, then he never was the one chosen by God. He wasn't sealed by God. He was a a blasphemer. He was a false prophet. And he was a liar and probably even a lunatic. And his death meant nothing. That's basically where Paul is going on that. But he said if he's resurrected, then he's the one that was chosen and sent by the Father. For, to die for your sin and my sin. He said He said it this way, if Jesus is not raised, we are of all men most miserable. You people trying to be a Christian are most miserable people in the world. If Jesus Christ is not raised, but he said he is raised. And I believe he is raised. But in the end of this fabulous chapter, at the 58th verse, Paul leaves us with a cherry on top of the Sunday, You know, a Sunday is not a good Sunday if you don't have whipped cream on it in a pyramidal form with a red cherry or a black cherry, I like either one, on top of it. If you want to put two on there, I'm good with it. But at one of them at least on top, right? That is like this, this verse is the cherry on top of the whipped cream, which is on top of the Haagen-Dazs ice cream belly. And it is it is woo doggies. Look for are you all hungry yet? I'm going tonight and have that find a way home. I'm gonna have that. Maybe my last meal, I'm gonna have a good one. Woo wee, that way I won't have to get up at two o'clock in the morning and have my Klondike. I know the doctor don't like me disseminating my health food system. <laughs> All I can say you won't be able to wipe the smile off my face in the casket. But nevertheless, I may mean, won't go to nursing home. Praise God. But I'm getting back. I'm back. I'm back. The summation statement. The summation statement. I always perks my ears up. Paul's method of teaching is this way. He will. He will state the thesis. He'll argue the thesis, and then he'll do a summation statement of the thesis. And don't you write a paper that way even still today. You reiterate it and restate it at the end of the paper. That's exactly what he's doing here. And so I think we should pay some attention to the the summation statement in this verse. Of all the things the Holy Spirit could have guided him to say, he says these three things. Uh, he says that we should live. We should be steadfast. We should be unmovable, and we should be always abounding. Whew. The word steadfast means settled. The word unmovable means firm. The word always abounding means superabounding, exceeding, excelling in the work of the Lord. And it's a labor. But God's work isn't easy. It's a labor. He puts there. The word labor means. Uh, Painstaking labor, hard labor, like doing concrete when it's 95 degrees, and uh, and and you put you put you mistakenly put accelerator in it, and and the guy that poured it put it in a big hump in the middle, and you got to pull that by hand out, and that accelerator's kicking off, and you and you and you can't get it. Like my brother's garage, my brother and I poured his own garage. To this day, if you drop a glass of water in his garage, it goes to each wall. That thing's got a hump in the middle. I tell him, I said, "Well, at least if you leak oil, it'll go boom." boom, boom. That's what happens when you put an accelerator when it's ninety-five degrees. I like the song. We'll work till Jesus comes. We'll work till Jesus comes. We'll work till Jesus comes, and we'll be gathered on. People have said to me, they've come to the Gospel Baptist and they see what you guys are doing in different areas. You're working. I say, how at 65 years old, preacher, can you be motivated? I can be motivated because of the great and mighty things which God has done for me. Brother, all you got to do if you want to get some motivation is review the great and mighty things God's doing for you, doing and done and will do. He's going to take this immortal and put immortality on me. He's going to take this corruptible and put incorruptibility on me. Now, I don't even know what that fully means, but I think it's good. I think it's good. This perseverance, this steadfastness, this unmovableness, this spirit of working, superabounding work for God in labor. Wow. Well, man, you know that if people would get a hold of this term perseverance, if they would if they would, if they would ask God, you know receive not because you ask not. Jesus said, ask and you shall receive. I don't see why. and You know, a lot of times people ask me this question over and over all through the years. Preacher, I just don't know what to pray for. I pray five minutes, I'm done. Well, if you don't make a list, you probably got the same memory I do. And you need a list of things that are good things. And then you need to go down through that list and begin to ask God, how about the fruit of the Spirit? That wouldn't be a bad idea, amen. How about perseverance? God, help me to be steadfast. God, help me to be unmovable. Help me to labor in a superabounding way for the work of the Lord. Help me to be known by my my zeal for God. When you think of Jim McCullum, what do you think of? You think of zeal. You think of working for God. Jimmy would get up here and he'd go, oh, let's go out there and get some bus kids in there for Jesus. Let's get. And he, you know, his lungs got, he painted, (laughs) painted so many buses without protection that they, uh, somebody told me they looked in his lungs and there was yellow in there. I said, well, he had fibrosis of the lungs, some sort of a thing. Uh, I'm stretching my medical education right now, but his lungs hardened where they wouldn't accept oxygen, and uh, he died in a harsh way. It's hard to suffocate to death. And uh, uh, old Jimmy McCullum, he got where he just about couldn't breathe, and oxygen didn't help him, and he took his oxygen off one night, and he he rolled it up in a real neat circle, and he laid back down and went to heaven. He said, I'm not going to do this anymore. Glory to God. Hallelujah. But now he can breathe. And the air he breathes now is celestial. Ooh. You know how many marriages could be saved which just simply sticking with the marriage you got, even though it's hard? We live in a generation sometimes, when I don't think this is new to any generation, but there's a group of people that when things get hard, you know, when the going get tough, the tough get going. But a lot of times what that means is they go. When, going, when the going gets hard, they're gone. They're out of there. When people get married and in two years they get divorced, you can't know enough bad stuff about somebody to divorce from in two years. Boy. How many marriages could be saved by simply sticking with it and asking God to do a miracle? How many jobs would be established and how much more money you would be making if you would stick with an occupation that God's placed you in, uh, whether it's good, bad, or ugly? I'll tell you, you'll never do very well going from job job to 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 job. Pretty soon when you put that down in your application, your employer is going to conclude it wasn't all those employers that were bad. It was you. Kind of get that, don't you? I've had 20 jobs. Well, then what's wrong? You think all that, well, all them employers, oh, it was, it was, I was, you don't know I was in such an No, it was you. So, I had a person get divorced for the third time. And they said after their third divorce, they said, you know, it must not have, I thought it was the women. But he says, it's probably me. Whew. I say, you are one slow learner. (laughs) Many sins would be overcome if we just kept getting back up and didn't let the devil beat us out. How many Christians would be improved if they just said, we're not going to let anything keep us away from the preaching of the Bible? I mean, we're just not going to let anything keep us away from Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and revivals and missions. When the Bible's preached at our church, we're going to be there. How many times the Word of God is, is fit just for them and their home watching Fox News or watching football, watching basketball, or, or just going to the beach, or just having a picnic, but it's family time. Brother, I can tell you one time, well, the greatest decision I made in perseverance for God was when I, I, my wife and I, I don't quite remember how it was anymore, it so long ago, but I looked at her and said, Sunday is God's day, it's not our day. It's not my day. I don't have any claim on Sunday. Sunday's for going to church. Sunday is for, for doing what God wants me to do. I, I'm just giving him the day. That way I don't resent coming to church on Sunday night when everybody's when a lot of them people are going to the beach. I don't resent. I don't take my okay, she hasn't seen many sunsets, but she will in heaven. It's been peaceful, it's been beautiful. How many decisions were made? Our brother said some of the greatest sermons you ever heard on Sunday night. That's because God sometimes will come. Man, I have had sermons. Preached. i preached In my mind, I thought, these people told me they had a problem in this area. This sermon will answer that problem, and they didn't show that night. Perseverance? No perseverance? No steadfastness? No unmovableness? How many, how many accomplishments would be done if we simply would stick with things? And have perseverance. Even in spite of difficulty. Man, God called me, as I told you the other day, Bob Jones University. I mean, of all the 20 people in our youth group, I was the absolute one that would not go there. And I mean, I even said, God, are you sure about this? And he just gave me a real clear leading. That's where he wanted me to go. But trust me on this. I was broke. I say broke to the bone broke. And... I moved up to Greenville with my green. I had a green Dodge van, Dodge van. Where I had a green Dodge van, 1972 green Dodge van. 360, if I remember what the motor was. And uh, I had a, uh, the way, you didn't have to have seat belts back then, so we had a playpen, which I think is the best invention since uh, water. <laughs> Nobody should have children without a prison or playpen, call it what you want. It's a piece. <laughs> you know, put him in there. Put the kid in there. Throw some food in there, a couple binkies, and and you can forget about him. Uh, we put Troy in that playpen and be and be human again. And and uh, uh, we put that playpen in my van and put Troy in the playpen with his binky and food and what I said before. And uh, and and I, all we owned in this van was I had that big four foot by four foot playpen, and then our, our luggage, that was it. And we went up to Greenbelt. Didn't know where I was going to say, didn't know how much. I was going to say had very little money. I just knew there was a God. I just somehow knew that if you did what God wanted you to do, he'd take care of you. I wasn't real smart. I didn't have a lot of knowledge of the Bible. But I just believed that what, if you do what God wants you to do, he's going to take care of you. And brother, all the way through, I squeezed four years into seven. When I walked across that stage, the angels probably bowed their head and goes, It's possible. Yes, anything is possible. But I didn't I didn't make it because I had something other people, oh I saw. So many young people come to school and quit and things got hard. They didn't have food like they thought they should have. They didn't be able to pay. and And they quit 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 and they quit. Every one of them gave testimony that God had called them there. What happened? They weren't steadfast. They weren't immovable. They weren't always abounding in the work of the Lord. Brother, when I heard, I said this over and over, when I heard Brother Moon, I asked Brother Boucher, I said, how long has he, he," I said, Brother Moon, he graduated for, Brother Boucher introduced Brother Moon to me. And he said, how long, I said, how long is he going to, uh, is is he Bob Jones grad? He said, yeah, he graduated from Bob Jones. I said, well, how long did it take him to go through? He said, 10 years. I said, hire him. (laughs) I don't have no much else. I don't have no whole lot else. I tell you with perseverance, you can make it through a lot of trouble. Uh, the, the, uh, the barrels are getting ready to exercise perseverance when that kid cries all night long. And he's got to go to work the next day and I will have no mercy. I'm being grouchy. And that preach oh, oh, preacher, I didn't sleep. Oh, I go in the other room, shut the door, son by Bose sound canceling headsets, but but I want to share it with my wife. No, she gets it all. Oh, that's old school right there. Now you know that. That is male, old school, male driven talk right there. The women raised the kids. The men went out and worked. Oh, I like that whole thing. Okay. Steadfast. I'm, Unmovable. That has something to do with this. Yes, it does. I don't know what, but it has something to do with it. (laughs) If you will give God your life, and you will drive a stake down for God, and you'll say, I'm not going to get moved off of this. You'll have to shoot me. God will recognize that commitment. Because that's the kind of commitment that he requires to show his power. And he will then begin to show his power in accomplishing his will in your life. As long as you're saying, well, if it works out, I'll do it. If it don't work out, I won't do it. God will, let not that man think he shall receive anything from God. And those people go away and say, there is no power in the things of God. God doesn't really answer prayer because they simply never were steadfast, never were unmovable never were abounding in the work of the Lord, never had the perseverance to not quit and did not convey it to God, most of all. You'll overcome obstacles, you'll beat the enemy, you'll outlast resistances, and I'll guarantee you'll end well. You will end well. You can't lose if you don't quit. You have unsaved loved ones. Many of you have unsaved loved ones. Most of you have unsaved loved ones. Don't quit praying. Don't quit. I don't see any sign at all, preacher, of them listening, of them getting better, of them having anything. In fact, they're getting worse. Keep praying. Keep asking God. And tell God, I'm going to pray till I die. I'm going to pray till I have a stroke and can't remember who they are. I'm going to pray till I have Alzheimer's and, I, and I'm wandering around the street. I'm going to pray till I get dementia where I don't have a clue what's going on, but I'm going to pray until I'm gone. And God will recognize that and he'll go, ooh, oh, I do something with people like that. And that happened to my, my mother-in-law. My wife and I determined at 18 years old to begin to pray for her family. We began to pray for her family, her mother, her mother, no sign, no sign, no sign. And you know the story. At 80 years old, that old girl got saved. I'm telling you I could have done it if I was, oh, God, there's a doctor in the house. I could do a triple somersault with a half Lindy right here. I mean, I thought, glory to God, nothing better. If Nothing good ever else happens in my life. Old Carmen getting saved, that was it. That That was a cherry on my whole world. We didn't give up praying. Now, you say, well, are you taking credit for that? No, I'm not taking any credit except that, we didn't quit her. Don't quit them. Don't quit them. Pray for your country. I mean, politics comes, politics goes. Pray for your country. Be steadfast and immovable. I think this verse is simple, it's clear, it's definite, it's doable. Being, having perseverance for God, you don't have to be real smart, you can do this. All you do is ask for it, seek it, and God wants you to have it, and he'll give it to you. Because no one really does much anything without perseverance. How many here have been to the Edison home while you've been down here? How many have been to the Edison home? Wow, that's big. That's almost 90% I bet. What did you learn at the Edison home? One of the big lessons you learned, Now I was in first grade, This week, first and second grade class this week, telling them what a pastor does. One of the things I'm not used to, I'm not used to first and second graders. I ask a rhetorical question, they all answered and raised their hands. I said, stop. It's a rhetorical question. They looked at me like, so I gave it a shot. I I didn't realize how many times I asked rhetorical questions. But in my description of what a pastor does, I would say, do you know what a pastor does? And I was getting ready to answer it. And they'd be, yeah, we." No, you don't. I'm here explaining it to you. (laughs) Time I got done with that first grade class, I don't know what happened. Oh, Nicole thought that was a riot. She was over there busting up. No one does much of anything Without perseverance. Don't quit. Put your hand to the plow. What's Jesus say? Put your hand to the plow. Don't look back. He said if you look back, you're not even worthy of the kingdom of God. Doesn't necessarily mean you're not going to be saved. I don't think that's what he's talking about there. I'm just saying you're not worthy of it. You've shamed the salvation you've been given. Don't look back. Put your hand to the plow. You know, young people, young people, everybody in their 20s and under, man, your generation is struggling with what I'm talking about tonight, big time. They're known for quitting and quitting and moving and quitting and quitting and moving and quitting and, quitting and, moving, and, quitting and moving around when they don't like some or it gets a little harder or it gets a little this or it gets a little that. The judgment on that group of people will be great. If you'll ask people in this auditorium, over and over again, how they, they, they stuck with what God gave them. Stuck with it, stuck with it, stuck with it. Father, help us tonight to be steadfast, to be unmovable, to be always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. That's, that's the concluding remark. In other words, everything you do for God, there will be a just recompense. There'll be a reward to knock your socks off. Stick with it till Jesus tells you to take your hand off the plow. Father, help us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You come. If you would like to know more about Jesus and a subject preached on, please contact us at gospel at mygbcs.com or call us at 239-947-1285. God bless.